for me, the biggest challenge is, is not to step in and try to fix, try to change, uh, but is to man, love her in a way that she needs me to love her. Welcome back to another episode of the Blood Brothers Podcast with Ben and Eric. We appreciate you guys listening and following us along on this journey. Uh, today, we're going to dive into the topic of marriage. How are you doing today, Ben? I'm doing great, Eric. Uh, excited to, to dig into the subject of marriage and uh, speak some truth, speak about uh, my marriage and your marriage and the challenges, the highs, and some of we won't get too descriptive on this marriage topic, but uh, we definitely will share from our hearts on how to grow and become the, the most loving husbands we can be. So starting off kind of light here, Ben, you know, what do you enjoy most about being married to Myla? 23 years this May married to Myla. Man, I love having a partner in life. I love having my person uh, that through the highs and through the lows, uh, that we get to connect. I so enjoy adventuring, uh, whether it's through parenting or through careers or through actual adventures in, in our culture or in the wilds or, or whatever it is. But uh, I love spending time uh, with my bride. For me, it's your best friend is just with you all the time. Like you get to hang out all the time. And and I always told my kids, find your best friend who's also beautiful or, or attractive and marry them because you, right. you want to have that person yeah. that is there for you, that will always be there. And, and, and I just enjoy my wife, Margie, so much. And just the, she is my best friend and, and having that companionship, doing life together, like you said. And so that's been huge and it's been a game changer for my life in general. And so being married to, to her has just yeah. been great. Yeah. Could, could you imagine being Eric Metz without Margie? That's a great point. No, like she gives me more confidence because of just her encouragement. And I'd be way more, I'm already somewhat insecure, so, but I'd be way more insecure about life and what to do. And if I didn't have her to like process with or get encouragement from, or she challenges me to become a better person. So, yeah. So true. I just can't imagine not having uh, Myla, you know, in my in my life by my side. You know the things that God has done to shape me as a as a man. It is just incredible looking back, and I am just so grateful uh, that God gave me a gift and a partner and Myla that man would compliment. Uh, my weaknesses and my strengths and very similar to, to yours, just where, man, I lack, uh, she is strong and, uh, she'll challenge me often, uh, to, to raise the bar and, uh, gosh, I'm definitely a better man. I know you're a better man as well because of our wives. Well, and just think about how our walk with the Lord is tough. It's not always easy trying to stay close to him and do the right things in life and obey his commands and all that stuff and try to live a good life. But man, if I didn't have her sometimes encouraging me, building me up, praying for me, you know, being an example, like how much more of a struggle would that walk with the Lord be and really following him? So mm. there's another aspect as well. Yeah. Those are the positives. 
then what's the biggest challenge that you face? And again, feel free to share as transparent as you'd feel comfortable with, but what's your biggest challenge as a husband and how do you overcome it? Yeah, 20 some years in, and my challenges are different now than they were back then. But the funny thing is, is the challenges are only different because of how I see them. It was the same challenge, I guess, back then, but now I recognize it in a different life, you know, that for so long, you know, I felt like, I, I guess I didn't actually like directly feel like this, but I certainly acted like it, like it was my job to fix and to change Mila. you know, come to find out years and years later that that's not my job. My job is to love and to lead Mila. And, uh, you know, I said it back in our being a dad podcast, you know, about the three things that most greatly sanctify a man or certainly me is, uh, working on a car or working on, on something that, uh, is your nemesis, having children and, uh, and being married. I believe that those are three of the greatest things that God uses to shape me, to mold me and to prepare me to be reunited uh, with him to take off the rough edges and, and to challenge and to speak deep into uh, my life. And so when I think about uh, the biggest challenge as a husband is to love my wife without the expectation that she's going to change or that she's going to be somebody that I think she should be, uh, but to love her and lead her in a way, man, that just gives her a desire to follow me, gives her a desire to uh, experience more of what God has for her as I am to be the representative of Jesus Christ uh, to her. And so uh, for me, the biggest challenge is, is not to step in and try to fix, try to change, uh, but is to man, love her in a way that she needs me to love her, to lead her in a way that she needs me to lead her without the, you should do this, or you should do that, or you need to do this, or you need to do that. But yeah. How about you, Eric? What, uh, what is your biggest challenge as a husband? Like you said, it's different now than it was then. Our, our communication at the beginning was, was rough. Like I was the, the one that always wanted to keep the peace all the time. And, you know, if we misunderstood each other or whatever, she'd get frustrated and want to separate. And I'd be following her around the house trying to like, let's deal with this. Let's deal with this. Let's deal with this. And <laughs> she's like, leave me alone. I just want to process, you know, and, and so uh, we would have those communication right. squabbles and we get through things a lot better now. And, but, uh, looking back, it was funny, but it wasn't funny at the time when you're frustrated and like, well, I, I don't understand what she's saying. And I didn't know she meant this. And so communication was an obstacle we had to overcome. And, but I would say now it's just still continuing to die to self. I think, you know, our selfishness is such a thing that we have to overcome and like, oh, I want this, or I want to do this. And, and I, I agree completely with your whole fix it uh, comment about, well, I think you should do this. And it's like, well, I need to die to myself and let God lead her, let her make her own decisions at mm -hmm. times. And, you know, letting her do things in a way that may not always be how I want her to do them. And I think dying right. to ourselves and truly serving, um, sometimes you don't want to sit and listen to her share about her day. Sometimes you don't want to 
you know, go to the store and get something. And, you know, there's times where we just have to die to ourselves and serve. And, and like you said, God uses that to, to mold us into a better man. And I think the more we can accept that and be aware of that, I think the better we'll be at loving our, our brides. Yeah. That's what I would say is the the toughest challenge. So often if we, uh, man, if we just remember, man, what Christ was all about, the church was his bride, you know, and, and he came to serve. And, uh, so often as a husband, we want to receive, you know, whether we certainly live in different times and a generation ago or generation, two generations before, but, uh, nonetheless, uh, you know, man, we still work hard, uh, and wives work hard as well. Many wives work harder, but, uh, as a husband, oftentimes, uh, we can feel entitled and uh, we want to be served. And that's not what Christ has called us to, to be served. He has called us to serve. And, uh, man, it's a beautiful thing when we're able to put that into perspective. But, uh, Eric, what are some things that come to mind, you know, that God says about marriage, about being a husband? Yeah, in Ephesians 5, it's, it's pretty straightforward. Paul's not symbolic or, you know, he's very clear on kind of what, what we're to do as men. And, and I'm just going to read Ephesians 5 real quick, just that way everybody's kind of on the same page of what I'm talking about. In 5, 25 to 33, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. I'm just going to pause there. <laughs> love your wife as Christ loved mm-hmm. the church and gave himself up for her. If more men, I think, would just capture that comment and realize that that's their job and a role, I think our divorce rates would be a lot different uh, in our society. Mm. All right, I'm going to keep going. Yeah, and not just divorce rates, but uh, the level of freedom, mm-hmm. you know, because there's a lot of marriages that are together that, that they feel enslaved, that they're not going to get That's divorced, true. but they don't feel free. You know, if men can find a way to embrace uh, that scripture, to love your, your wife as Christ loved the church, man, levels of freedom, fulfillment, and purpose are going to permeate through one's marriage. And uh, wives and husbands aren't going to feel like they're slaves, aren't going to feel like they're stuck, but are going to feel whole and fulfilled. Now, that's a great call out. It's not just divorce rates, but definitely it's, you know, happy marriage. I mean, a fulfilling marriage, like you said, I think that's a great call out. I mean, what, what percent of... I'm a math guy, so my brain goes to percentages. If 50% of our population seems to end end in divorce, are we looking at like 75% that like weren't happy, you know, or aren't fulfilled or, you know what I mean? So I think we need to, there's some work that we need to do as men to, to change these trends. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know what the, what that statistic would be, but uh, I have to believe that it is high and it's, it's significant. Yep. Continuing on, it says that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one has hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it 
just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I'm saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. I guess he did go into symbolism. I, I stand corrected. He was pretty straightforward in some parts, but then obviously using Christ in the church as uh, symbolic. Yeah, you know, I had heard uh, somebody uh, years ago talk about, uh, you know, washing her with the word and how oftentimes uh, husbands can weaponize the word and say, well, the Bible says this and you should do this and you should do that. And, you know, the, the, the speaker I was listening to talked about how Husbands will use the word, you know, as a uh, pressure washer, you know, trying to strip away all the filth and, you know, and it's ridiculous because uh, that scripture is very clear. You know, anytime we wash something, it's, it's generally gentle. And, you know, the scripture goes on to talk about, man, love her in a way that cherishes her, you know, as Christ cherished the church. And, you know, I think the biggest thing that we need to realize as men, as husbands, is that we are called to love our wives as Christ loved the church and Christ laid down his life for the yeah. church. We're called to love our wives sacrificially, even when it doesn't make sense, even when it doesn't feel good, even when it hurts, even when it puts us out. We are called to love our wives sacrificially. and. I find very few men uh, that consistently do that. It doesn't say to do it here and there. Every now and then, our life is to be defined by a sacrificial love for our wives, who we are the head of. And there's no debating this, you know. In today's culture, there's a you know obviously a big movement that men shouldn't be you know the leaders. But man, as a Christian as a man, as a, as a Christian, Christian husband, we have to embrace our role as a leader. And that doesn't mean that we, we lead with an iron rod. No, it means that we recognize how important it is that we follow Jesus so well that it permeates everything that we do, that it permeates our marriage, that love, grace, mercy is evident in everything uh, that we do. I love that scripture, Eric. I love it. Yeah. It's a good, good reminder. It's something we need to keep in front of us. That reminds me, we need to remember what leadership is. It's, it's influence. It's not yeah. being a boss or a manager or telling somebody what to do. And that's where I think a lot of times that gets, gets misunderstood. And then the whole passage in the Bible about wives submit to your husbands, our culture has been using that for a long time to say that Christians are, are oppressive or whatever, but they don't understand what this whole passage is about, in my opinion. And a true leader is serving, loving, influencing, encouraging, building up, having that team mentality of she's on my team, like she's my teammate. I want to yeah. win this game of life. So how can we work together as a team to win, how can I build my teammate up? Right, because because if she wins, I win. Yeah, right. So true. Well, I know that not everybody listening necessarily is having a, a great relationship with their their spouse right now. What would you encourage 
any listener who may be struggling in their marriage? What can we, what can they do to turn things around? Well, knowing that we have women and men who listen to this podcast, uh, wives and husbands, uh, we need to speak to, to both of that. But first I want to speak to the husbands, you know, God uniquely designed marriage. Uh, scripture is, is full of it that, man, we are the leaders. And we need to recognize that when things don't go well, oftentimes, most of the time, almost every time, it's because the leadership was poor. You know, I have counseled many, many men who have been struggling in their marriage and they blame their wives. Well, she cheated on me. She had, she's been having conversations with this other man. Uh, she doesn't want to listen to me, you know, this, that, and the other. And they so quickly look past their failure as a leader are wanting the grace and the mercy for themselves, but not willing to share that, uh, with their wives. But, you know, men don't consider looking at pornography to be an affair when man, Jesus made it very clear that he who lusts in his heart has already committed adultery. So right there, Jesus brings it into perspective that, uh, man, what we think is equivalent to what we do. And so as a husband, man, we have to guard our minds. We have to make sure that we keep our minds and our hearts pure, uh, that our wives are who satisfy us and that we love our wives in a way, man, that they want to follow. And the only way to do all of that is to get us some more Jesus. Man, we need more of him. We need more of his Holy Spirit uh, just filling our lives uh, so that, man, what we do, what we think, how we act, what we say uh, is motivated from a perspective of love from God. But going back to the many marriages that I find myself uh, speaking into, so many marriages fail because of a lack of grace and mercy. Oftentimes it is the husband leading poorly for a long period of time. The wife battling, hanging on for dear life, trying everything that she can to submit, to love, to follow her husband. And she sticks with it and she sticks with it. And then at some point, you know, she, she's trying to get the husband to come around, right? But then at some point, the husband does come around. Oftentimes, it's from an outside source, outside conviction uh, than the wife. And the wife fails to recognize that her role was so significant in bringing him to this place of recognition of his failure, that they forget that and they get so frustrated. Well, why are you listening to them? Why didn't you listen to me? And then as soon as the husband starts to get in a place where he's entering a season of health and of recognition of his failure, the woman gives up and then the man blames the woman. And that saying grace and mercy isn't extended. So what I have to say to two husbands, to two wives, grace and mercy has to be so abundant to husbands, ownership of our lives, of our marriages, of our walk with Christ daily 
has to be significant. We live in a world that is at war. And one of the number one targets is marriage because it is a perfect picture of Christ and his bride, the church. That means that marriage is one of the greatest testimonies of how God loves his people. So we had to be on guard. But Eric, what comes to mind uh, for you? For one, I just want to say, I think what you nailed, hit the nail on the head with the grace and uh, mercy. The other thing that comes to mind is forgiveness. So, and ownership, like I love how you said ownership, that too, I want to call that out. But when we can stop and say, what do I need to ask forgiveness for, for my wife? And then what do I need to forgive her for? And I think the the two-way forgiveness exercise can go a long way. Because you can then say, all right, I need to take ownership for what I did and screwed up, what I said, did, whatever, and apologize and ask for forgiveness, which requires some humility. So I encourage our listeners out there, if if you're in that spot, encourage you to take that step of humility and own up to your stuff first and repent and ask Jesus to empower you to repent and change. But then also, you need to forgive your wife in your heart for anything she's said or done. And truly let that go. Not that you're automatically just going to trust is going to be built already. You're going to start working towards building trust back. But that's the first step in building trust back is to let that go. Move forward, not treat them according to what their actions were. And truly forgive and let go. And all right, let's restore trust in our relationship. So forgiveness is that tool in the tool belt that we need to pull out more often. than I think what I hear most people do is they don't want to pull that tool out, but forgiveness is such a thing that God does to us that we need to extend to other people, especially our spouses. And to that, you know, I want to speak a little more directly to, to the wives. Uh, it sure seems like for me, uh, my wife might do something wrong, maybe, (laughs) uh, but nine times out of 10, if it goes South, it's because I do something wronger. Uh, you know, I can recognize something with her where she's failed and man, I take it too far and I end up hurting her. Uh, man, I just want to encourage wives to embrace what you just spoke of forgiveness, you know, that wraps itself around grace and mercy. Certainly Myla and I have had to have equal amounts of, of grace and mercy, uh, in, in different ways. Well, let me take that back. Maybe she's had to have uh, more grace and mercy for me. But I can tell you without that continual grace and mercy, forgiveness that she shows me, because I am a man and I am flawed, uh, without that, we would have uh, no hope. And it can't stop. It has to continue. And so I just want to encourage wives, you know, as you fight for your husband's heart, man, just continue to show him grace and mercy and, and, uh, and forgiveness, not saying that you subject yourself to uh, any form of abuse, but man, continuing to plead uh, with the Holy spirit to work on your husband's heart. And I'm glad you brought that up because, uh, about abuse, because we need to make sure that, that you're doing something that's healthy. And if you need outside help because you're struggling, whether that's mental, emotional, physical, verbal abuse, encourage you guys to get counseling if you're struggling to that point. 
So just want to yeah. make sure we address that as well. That sometimes you're struggling because of unhealthiness. Yeah. So one more topic I want to address real quick with you, Ben, and, and get your perspective on is for any listeners who aren't married yet, but that desire to get married, what could they do now to prepare themselves for loving their wives or loving their husbands? Get you some more Jesus. That's, yeah. that's the key for me. Uh, he's a lifeblood for all things that are good and seeking him and all aspects of life will equip you with uh, the Holy Spirit to, to guide and to direct you. So to me, that's, it's a simple answer, right? It's get, get more Jesus, spend more time with him. He's going to guide and direct you to different things that you need in your life. It might be uh, a book. It might be this out of the other. It might be different community, but you know, for young men, keep your minds pure, keep your hearts pure, guard them. And uh, when you do get into a dating relationship, uh, this is my expectation for men who date my daughters or for girls that my sons date or my my son date, Blake is married, Uh, but leave them better than you found them. Whether it's days, weeks, months, years, or a lifetime, if our perspective as men is to leave them better then you found them. Then we don't violate things that that are not ours. We don't violate uh, the heart. We don't wound. We speak life. We encourage and we equip those that we're in relationship with. So biggest thing for me is to spend more time with Jesus. Get your heart focused completely on him. Allow him to be your validation and your fulfillment Mm -hmm. and trust that he is going to lead that perfect person uh, at the perfect time to you. And yep, sometimes we have to take action in regards to moving beyond desire and positioning ourselves in a community of like-minded individuals where we might meet that person. But I guarantee you that if you're sitting on the sidelines watching the battle play out, you're not where God wants you to be. And if you're not where God wants you to be, don't expect to walk in his blessings. Don't expect to be fulfilled. So get in the game. Take your call to discipleship seriously and uh, and get busy. And when we get more of Jesus, we get his spirit. And the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, mm. goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I think all those things that I just listed, <laughs> fruits of the spirit, you need to have a healthy marriage. And so again, get more Jesus, like Ben said. I think that's a, Absolutely. That's a great, great call out. And I, I really like that uh, perspective on leave your relationship better than when it started and when you found them. That's cool. I never really thought about that before, but mm. that's a great overarching strategy almost to, to approaching your relationships, especially a husband-wife relationship. Well, thanks for sharing, Ben. That's great. Anything else you want to say to wrap up our time today? Well, I just want to encourage our listeners that... Uh... Man, His grace and His mercy is new every morning. Sometimes marriage uh, is hard. Oftentimes marriage is hard. And it's through adversity that God does some of the greatest things that we get to experience as human beings on planet Earth. And so align yourself with Him and trust that He's working things out for His good. And uh, that, man, marriage is a beautiful thing that is worth the fight. And uh, husbands, lead your wives well. Love them and lead them in a way that they will want to follow. Yeah. 
I can't say it enough too, that it's worth the investment. My wife and I have joked that nobody ever told us that it gets sweeter as your marriage goes on. Not only just uh, mm -hmm. relationally, but also physical intimacy. It gets sweeter as time goes on. Wow. And and I just want to encourage all the listeners out there that the sacrifice, the the time, the energy, everything is so worth it when it's done according to God's plan and ways and leveraging his forgiveness when we screw up, you know, and it's just so worth it. And I want to just leave with that hope. I want also you guys to yeah. feel hope that whether you're struggling or whether you're doing things are going well, the future can be filled with hope because with Jesus, you, all things are possible yeah. and health and restoration is possible and it gets sweeter as time goes on. And just want to leave you guys with hope that it, it gets better, it gets sweeter and it's worth all the time and energy. Yeah, yeah. So. Well, with that, appreciate you guys listening again per usual, and uh, we thank you for your engagement. Please rate or review this wherever you listen to this podcast. We appreciate any support there. Feel free to share as well if anybody needs encouragement in their relationship with their spouse. Also on the show notes, we've got the website for you to connect with us if you'd like. And with that, we thank you for your time and have a great day. Okay.